Welcome to another episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Maddie Glab here is your host, sitting next yeah. to our other co-host, Bill's owner and team president, Kim Bula. Kim, nice to be with you. Well, welcome to my office. Welcome I know. To, we're, welcome we're, to my we're couch. in her office. <laughs> and she's got a couch in her office. Yeah. It's very comfortable, by the way. Um, before we get started with our interview, which it's going to be an awesome interview today. Kind of go behind the scenes with how Monday Night Football happens. We've got Phil Dean on with us, who is the lead producer for Monday Night Football. His second season in the job. He just started last season, but he's been with NF, uh, been with ESPN since 1992. So he knows his way what around awesome sports. Job. Yeah, it's so just, cool. Yeah, it's such an exciting job. Gotten yeah. to witness a lot of a lot of unique things, meet so many different people. So we get into all of that. Uh, but first, one thing, one thing I didn't ask him, which I'm going to ask you. Hmm. Carrie Underwood, Hank Williams Jr. Which which uh, which uh which side are you on? I don't know if I have a side. I think I okay. enjoy both of them. Right. Do you have okay. a side? Um, you know, I, I think yeah. you know what? It was always Hank, right? But yeah. you know, Carrie's grown on me. She's done it for so many years now that you know I I think mm -hmm. I might be switching switching over. <laughs> they both get you in the mood. They do. So. They do. It's just that that opening is just like iconic. It's yeah. just it's great. Well, the last time we talked, we were leading into the Thanksgiving game, which was awesome that we came away with a win. No way better to celebrate Thanksgiving, especially when you're playing on Thanksgiving, is to come away with a, a win and have a nice long weekend off. But how is New Orleans? You had it was, on there. You got to check it out. I know Ed Oliver was giving you some recommendations <laughs> of where to go. I didn't so. quite have that much time to go to uh, to Ed's recommendations, but you know, I will say, never have been to New Orleans before. Um, what a welcoming place! I mean, I think F there was a lot of Bills fans there, and sometimes when we kind of Bills fans take over a city, the city, you know, the locals don't really like it that much, right? Um, but they were all every, everyone from they're welcoming. From you know every restaurant that we went to to people just in the street, um, you know, literally was just saying "Welcome, Buffalo!" Like I never had that kind of response as a visiting team from the locals. Mm -hmm. um, so they were just you know Southern hospitality for sure. Um, it was it was really great, and of course you know I ate. I think I think I had beignets like you know the, <laughs> the night before the you know the morning Breakfast of lunch, at dinner. lunch, yes, <laughs> and at dinner. Like I uh, I ate them all day long. So. But, um, but yeah, and obviously just capping off a great, a great win. Oh, love it. And now we're on to Monday Night Football, which is crazy coming off a of Thursday. Big stage, bigger stage on Monday Night Football <laughs> in terms of what this game can mean for the Buffalo Bills and for the Patriots and the division. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm also excited. Something else to be excited about, though. Jesse, oh, your yes, daughter, yes, top yes. 20. Yes, uh, final final year-end ranking was yeah, 18, 18. So I think she was the second highest American. So I'm really proud of her for that. Um, such a great year uh, amidst a lot of, you know, turmoil mm -hmm. with, you know, protocols and, and traveling and, and a throw in a wedding as well. So yeah. uh, really proud of that. So hopefully she can build on that and going into next season. Yeah, what a year for her getting yeah. married and getting to be in the top 20. I know <clears throat> when we had her on the podcast, she was saying, that's my goal yeah. is I want to be top 20 at the end of the year and look at her number yep, 18. That's right. That's so right. cool. Uh, so we have Phil Dean on, like I was saying before our conversation, what did you think that a producer did? You know, it was one of those jobs where I quite didn't know exactly. I knew they kind of were in control mm -hmm. or, or, or leading, uh, but 
exactly what they did. I, I wasn't, yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, you know what a camera, you know someone yeah. on the broadcast, you know what a director does, um, but a producer, you know, I, I think brings it all together. Yeah, so, he um, definitely does. Yeah, what, what, a, what a fun job he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've gotten to be a part of some of the broadcasts just working at Tennessee before. So I've gotten to see firsthand how everything comes together. And so that's why we wanted to have Phil on was to really explain it to our listeners, our viewers, to see how much effort and time goes into putting together a broadcast as big as Monday Night Football. So we'll kick it off. Here's Phil Dean. He's the lead producer for ESPN's Monday Night Football. He has been a part of ESPN for uh, several years and has gotten to produce college football, college basketball, um, the N NBA, the X Games. I mean, this guy has done it all. So we get into all of that, like right. I said. So enjoy. Phil, thank you so much for taking the time to be on with us. I know it's it's still midweek, but you guys start preparing for these Monday night broadcasts uh, very early, especially you being the producer of this game. So many storylines to follow in this one. I think it's going to be really cool for our fans to hear this conversation because, like Kim said, they want to know how the sausage is made. So easy question to get us started. What do you do in your role? Tell us what a producer does and why you are so important to the broadcast. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's, it's great to see you guys. And, and, you know, being the producer of Monday Night Football is a, a big responsibility. And there's a, you know, a ton of great staff that's involved, uh, you know, to produce a Monday Night Football telecast. So my job is really to make sure that we come up with a game plan and, and execute that game plan at the highest level possible for our viewers, but then at the same time, be able to react on the fly to what develops throughout the course of a game. So that's kind of the, the headline of, of my job. But Phil, this is Monday night football. <laughs> it is an iconic, you know, part of, part of, uh, of, of America, I, I feel like. Um, so really like, did you, you know, how did you get here, right? How, how did you get to this point um, of being, I think you're the only like the, the seventh producer mm -hmm. um, in, in Monday Night Football history. So um, a huge achievement, but I think a lot of uh, people would like to be in your shoes. And so maybe kind of take us back a little bit on, on how you got to this stage of your life. Okay, um, well, thank you. It is an honor to produce Monday Night Football. It's true, there's only been seven of us. Um, I started my career back in 1988 at CBS, and one of my mentors is Jim Rickoff, and, and Jim happens to be the lead producer for CBS currently, working with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. So I met Jim uh, on the beach after I graduated from college, got interested and asked him what he did. Um, he told me he was a production guy at CBS Sports, so he was able to get me an interview at CBS um, to which I took a job making 50 bucks a day on the weekend, logging football games and, and just getting my, you know, getting my head in the door. Um, and then that just turned into a, a five day, you know, five days a week, 50 bucks a day and just grinding and working hard. And, um, uh, you know, I was at CBS for five years when they had the Olympics, the Super Bowl the men's final four, they had the world series. They had a lot of great content, which was a terrific opportunity for me. Um, and then I, in 1992, I got a phone call from Fred Gadelli, who's currently the NBC uh, Sunday night NFL producer. And Fred at the time was producing 
uh, NFL for ESPN. And Fred wanted me to come up and be on, on his team, uh, to which I jumped at that opportunity and then just, you know, worked my way on up the ranks to, to get in the phone call last, uh, last April, I was sitting in this very room back in the chair back there when, uh, Lee fitting, my boss called me and, and told me I had the gig, which was just a, a great call for, for me and my family. And, Again, just a big responsibility, as you said, Kim, you know, working on Monday Night Football. It's awesome. Yeah, we're really excited to have Monday Night Football. It's been quite yeah. some time yeah. with a full stadium uh, since Buffalo got to welcome the Monday Night Football crew. Uh, the last time it happened was actually 2018. It was week eight. Unfortunately, the Bills lost to the Patriots in that game. We're hoping uh, it goes differently on this Monday night. But since you're producing this game and, and you guys are already getting ready, I'm looking over to the parking lot. I don't see the trucks here yet, but I know they'll be pulling up shortly in the next coming days. What are you currently doing to get ready for this broadcast? How does your week kind of go as you lead up to Monday night? I had a feeling you were going to ask me that question. So I wrote <laughs> down some notes. So I guess I'll start on game day, which is Monday. Um, so we'll meet in the morning as a production team at 11 in the morning for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes and, and, you know, talk about the schedule and what we want to accomplish in the game. Uh, then we'll head over to the trucks and the, the engineering and technical staff would have already been there getting everything ready. Um, we'll do what we call a, a fax, which is making sure all the equipment works and the audio and communications are all working and everyone can hear each other. Um, the announcers will start getting over around 5.30 for an eight o'clock game. Uh, we'll do some rehearsing and, and again, checking of their equipment, making, making sure everyone's comfortable, um, you know, and then we'll, you know, the announcers will wander down to the field and chat with some coaches and players for some last second information, uh, you know, and then we'll rehearse at, at 730 and, and come on the air live at eight o'clock uh, Tuesday, you know, everyone flies home. We'll do some initial contacting with the teams to set up meetings for coaches and player interviews and, and so forth and find out when practice are, um, you know, we'll start watching a bunch of tape behind the scenes. Everyone kind of does that on their own at home. We'll get some research notes and just kind of getting some initial ideas going. Uh, Wednesday, uh, the director, Jimmy Platt and I will meet with the announcers and kind of review the previous week. And again, look ahead a little bit to the next week. We'll do meetings with our, our graphics team, our operations team. Uh, we'll meet with the music group, sales, um, Thursday, I'll meet in the morning with Audra Leinberg and Audra's kind of the head of all our content, all our elements that we produce for the game and Audra and I'll meet and run through the ideas. Um, I'll, we'll meet with the NFL, Jimmy Platt and I and Steve Carter, our, our operations manager. Uh, we'll do a production meeting uh, at 11 in the morning where all the announcers and the entire production staff and, and all the departments internally at ESPN will be on there as well. And and again, look back a little bit at the previous week and, and spin it forward to this week. Um, later this afternoon, I'll, I'll meet with the, the group that puts together our open. Uh, we'll talk about some early graphics ideas. Uh, Friday is a travel oh, day. Still, oh, Friday? Okay, I, I thought we were still on Tuesday. I was no, like, that, oh my goodness. That was Thursday. Friday, <laughs> that was Thursday, okay. Yeah, Friday we'll travel. Uh, Saturday is some more technical setup and that all starts. Uh, the announcers and I and Jimmy will meet with the home team. We'll go to practice. Hopefully, see you, Kim, in person. Yes, there. I, I got that memo. I'll, you'll see me there. <laughs> and you don't have to be there if you want to no, be there. No. <laughs> it's, 
and then we'll chat with your coaches and uh, a couple players. Uh, Sunday, we'll do some more meetings behind the scenes. We'll talk about replays and how we're going to cover certain situations and players with Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick, our two on-air analysts. Uh, we'll also meet with Steve Levy and the graphics team and go over all the specialty graphics that Steve might see pop up into the game and get his input on some things. And then we'll do a Zoom with the visiting team uh, on the phone when they arrive in town, typically in the late afternoon. And then Monday's game day again. So we'll do the 11A meeting and then jump right into the game again. So I know that's a lot of info and details. So sorry about that. No, it's good. So was that just like basically roughly three days you're actually home? Like between traveling back from the Monday night game to when you have to go to the next team? Uh, it didn't sound like you're, you're home all that often. No, I fly home Tuesday and fly out Saturday. In some situations, we're able to fly out on Saturday morning, depending on proximity to somebody's home. But yeah, typically three days at home. And how many people would you normally have, like your staff, um, just for Monday night football uh, on the ground? Like, you know, is it 10 people? Is it 50 people? No, great question. Our operations team is massive. There's probably 100 people um, from an operations standpoint, video people, audio, cameras, replay operators, our operations team, local utilities we hire to help pull cables. You know, all those types of jobs, there's probably over 100. Um, and then there's probably about 20, 20 or 30 of us or so in the production world uh, who help put the Monday Night Football production team on. It takes a small <laughs> village for it all to come together. And as you're hearing <clears throat> from Phil say, I mean, you guys think about the graphics. So when the graphics pop up on the screen, it's not like they, they were just like five minutes before, yeah. like, oh, let's make a graphic on how Josh has done in the last six games or how Mac Jones has done in the last six games. These things are all thought out. They're planned. They're built ahead of time. Uh, some do, some are built in game, of course. And then there's the storylines that, that take days to come together and you, like you said Phil you guys are watching tape right away then you're planning interviews with players and coaches so it's not like you turn the lights the cameras on and then you're ready to go this is something that begins as everybody's wrapping up the the game before uh from that Monday night before so I love that you explained everything that happens throughout the week so it, it kind of sounds like Maddie that he's a he's a coach right, right? like it yeah. kind of sounds like a coach's schedule like the amount of play, of, of people you're managing all the different mm -hmm. aspects of it. it sounds like you could be a head coach Phil yeah, I don't think so. I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of great head coaches, and I try to do my best, but we have a wonderful group of people. Um, and my, my role, as I mentioned, is really just to empower this talented group of people and let them do their jobs and, and watch them, you know, make the magic happen on Monday night. So what are some of the storylines that you guys are going to be following for this Monday night football game? What are some that jump off the page already uh, to you and the talent as you guys are beginning to plan for Monday night? Well, we talked about it today in our meeting. Like this is one of these, one of those games where, you know, the, 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 it's unreal, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a AFC East pivotal game this late in the season. I read a note where, this is only the second game between the Bills and the Patriots where these two teams have had this good a record this late in the season, which is crazy, right? Because they're, they're division rivals. 
Um, so we're going to get out of the way, right? We're going to talk less. We're going to do less. We're going to let the game on the field speak to itself. And, you know, we'll be ready to react uh, to those developing things that happen in game. And if it becomes a blowout, we're always prepared to talk about other things. But, we're, you know, we're hoping that, you know, a little bit of snow, a little great game. Lewis is fired up for the physicality that he anticipates that we'll see. It's the, you know, number one and number two scoring defenses uh, in the league. You got Josh Allen, who you mentioned against Mac Jones, some, so some intriguing quarterback matchups. So it, it should be a lot of fun for us. Yeah. And you also have kind of the, the bitterness that our fans, the Bills Mafia has for New England <laughs> from a many, many years uh, that they're bringing, you know, to Monday night. Um, so you have that as well. So our fans will certainly be uh, ready to to be out in full force. Yeah, I think Bill Belichick on Monday when he spoke to the media, uh, someone asked him about Bill's Mafia and he was like, yeah, they don't like me in Buffalo. So <laughs> yeah, you've got that going for you. And the winner is going to be the in first place in the AFC East. And this could have huge implications when we talk about the playoffs as we look down the road. Uh, the Bills still have to play the Patriots again after this, but then they also face the Jets in week 18. So like Sean and Bill know, these, these division games are just so dang important. Um, but when it comes to producing games, I mean, you've done Monday night, you've done several different sports from college football to college basketball um, to baseball or to the NBA X games, the world outdoor games. I was looking at your bio and it seems like you've gotten to touch almost everything in the sports world. So I'm sure with that comes a lot of stories as well. So can you tell us maybe the craziest game that you've gotten to produce, maybe something that you had to adjust really quickly for in game or leading up to the game. Do you know, thanks for the question. It's funny. I, I mean, I've, I have worked on a bunch of stuff, but the, the, honestly, the craziest thing I ever got to produce was I got a phone call on like a Tuesday and said, Phil, you need to produce this event on Friday. I'm like, okay, what is it? It was a chess match between a man and a computer. So this world champion named Gary Kasparov played against a computer named Deep Junior. And I had to drive down to New York, figure out what chess was all about. I mean, I knew how to play and a little bit about it. So I had to learn about it, you know, meet the announcers who I hadn't worked with before, figure out how we're going to display and show a chess match on television. And, you know, we pulled it off. It was great. We had an analyst uh, named Maurice Astley, who was a, a world champion uh, chess master from, I believe, Brooklyn or the Bronx. I can't remember. At the, it was uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> but it was awesome. And it, it was a lot of fun. And it's always a challenge to do something unique like that. And, I, I you know, you think back to like Rune Arlinch, who started Monday Night Football and was one of the innovators of our game. And like to do a small chess match like that and to be able to have a clean slate to do some interesting things was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think it's, it was genius um, of Monday Night Football because I, I think it really did. You know, if you think about the times, you know, you're too young, Maddie, but <laughs> when, when you just had one TV set in and three primary um, channels mm -hmm. that um, networks that uh, a Monday Night Football game in prime time at night, like in, in the, that time slot, um, I think opened up a lot for fans across the whole country um, having that Monday night game. So, and it and it's it's 
been going on for so long that it, it certainly, whoever thought of that, and I, I know you just mentioned someone who has helped uh, be a part of that, but yeah, genius. And the goal of everything, like like we've talked about, I feel like you mentioned, is is you want to get fans the best look at the game or, or feed them the information that they need to know about the game. But you also want them to feel like they're at the game. They're sitting at home in their living rooms, but they feel like they're in Buffalo. So it's it's the opening shots of, of Buffalo or Niagara Falls or, or the snow falling that really take you to that place. But can you take us into uh, how an in-game, how in-game looks for you, uh, where you sit who you're talking to throughout the game how you're making sure everything is coming together because as a producer and a director you have so many people in your ear throughout the game whether it's replay operators whether it's the videographers whether it's the technical director or the director and the talent saying phil phil i've got something i've got something on the sidelines you guys want to come to me after this commercial break so you are like orchestrating everything it's like being yeah, it an kind artist of sounds like you you you've done this before I know. <laughs> i've been around and i think it's just so cool how it all comes together so can you explain to us what during a game looks like for you and what during monday night against the patriots is gonna is gonna look like well you described it pretty well you kind of are an air traffic controller in a lot of ways um with all the different voices and, and suggestions that you hear um, it's a lot of fun and it's a challenge. And I have a terrific partner in Jimmy Platt, my director, who sits to my right. We're a really good team that work in unison. Um, one thing that's unique about Monday Night Football is we have two analysts, right? Most traditional broadcasts have one analyst. We have two and we have, uh, you know, Brian Greasy's the quarterback perspective. And I think what separates us a little bit is Lewis Riddick and his perspective on the defensive side of the ball. He was a defensive back playing. Um, so that's a great challenge for me too. It's just balancing, you know, the two of them and they'll often hit me in, in something we call a talk back. So they're able to communicate offline to me while the game's going on and suggesting suggest things that they might want to do. But there's, you know, so they'll both hit the talk back at the same time. And there's only two or three seconds to make a decision before you either have to go to the replay, do nothing, you know, or move on. So those are the types of little challenges that I have to deal with uh, on a weekly basis. But again, it's just a, it's a great group um, and a lot of, lot of fun putting these games on for the viewers. What, um, you know, Phil, broadcast has come a long ways, you know, back from, uh, you know, for many years. And I think you've seen it evolve and change. Um, you know, what, how do you see the, uh, the broadcast of today enhancing that that fan engagement and for our viewers and where do you see it going forward? I mean everything from from fantasy to you know mobile bettings mm -hmm. coming online now to all the in next gen stats. Um, there's so much more that you have to kind of that you know you get to play with uh, within the same broadcast time as a game. Yeah, you're right, Kim. There's a lot of great innovations that have happened. I mean, on Monday Night Football, we have a, a a man named Ed Placey, who's been at ESPN for a long time, and he kind of pushes us on the on the technical side. And he's the guy who really invented the pylon cam, which is something that really has changed the game, right? Like now we can see everything down there at the goal line in those critical situations on whether or not a player scored. And then that evolved into the pylon on the, the on the yard to gain marker as the ball's moving down the field. 
Um, you know, Skycam changed the, the game and the way we view it now to be able to get that behind the offense perspective and see what the quarterback sees. So there's some really been some cool innovations, and I only anticipate that, that more and more things will happen. Um, you know, we're trying some drone technology this weekend uh, in Buffalo, which will be cool. So we'll have our traditional aerial coverage, but we'll also have a drone that we're able to try out, which will be, be able to give a little bit more intimate uh, perspective, we hope, and, and see Bill's Mafia down there tailgating and have and having fun and well um, so let me let me just give you just a little heads up get there so, early before so they get too crazy not only that but um but robert Kraft comes in a helicopter to our game so make sure oh. your drone and his helicopter are not on the same <laughs> path all right so because the helicopter is bigger than the drone so okay, <laughs> Yeah, just want to give you that perspective there. His arrival in a helicopter. Right. I was going to say one other thing that's really changed the game a little bit is the, the megacast, we call it, which is the secondary channels that also offer uh, different ways to view the game. And currently on Monday Night Football, we do the traditional broadcast on ESPN2, but then you can change over to ESPN2 and watch the Manning brothers, Peyton and, and, and Eli Manning will have a, a different experience and different way to view the game. Um, you know, on national uh, collegiate football, on the, you know, the national championship game, we'll do different offerings where it's the home team radio broadcast, for example, or it might be a, a film room where there's a group of coaches in Bristol breaking down the game and, and differently from the way Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet would, you know, watch the game on the traditional broadcast. So things like that are all changing the game. Yeah, you brought up college football there and college sports. Is there a difference to you in producing professional versus collegiate? Um, a, a little bit, not so. I think college is challenging from a, a football side just because there's 100 kids on a team <laughs> and some of these kids are wearing the same jersey numbers. So it makes it hard. And then the kids are only there a certain amount of time, right? Like four years max, five maybe. Um, and NFL is half the size of the roster and, and players that you see a lot. So, you know, so that helps from a preparation standpoint. And there's so many more resources available. There's wonderful information that come from the PR staffs, the public relations staffs like Derek on your side on, with your team and and we have Elias Sports Bureau provides this information. We have an unbelievable research team. So there's just a, you know, there's a few more resources at our disposal for, for NFL, which makes our jobs, you know, easier. Do you have a game that you look back on or, or can still remember today that is, you know, top three or the best one in your mind that you've been able to be a part of, whether it was how the game unfolded or how it ended or just the, how big the game was to begin with? You know, it's crazy. I've done a lot of games. I've done over 800 games that I've produced at ESPN which <laughs> a lot. And you referenced all those different sports. So we, when we did Thursday night college football, we did back-to-back -back games where it was a, a ranked team on the road against an unranked team. And in those back-to-back -back weeks, they were upsets and the kids all stormed the field, you know? So you remember those, uh, it was, it was, Oregon State beating USC at home and, and the place went crazy. Um, I did a, a seven overtime college football game that Eli Manning was a part of when oh he was at Ole Miss, a five overtime college basketball game. Um, you know, one game that stands out on the NBA side was 
2002, which was the first year ESPN got NBA, I was able to produce some games and the, the uh, Mavs were up by 29 points in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. And the Lakers stormed back, led by Kobe Bryant, and won the game. He had 21 points in the fourth quarter, um, you know, which was amazing. And then on the Monday Night Football side, you think about last year, we did the, uh, you know, the Ravens game when Lamar got hurt, had cramps, went to the locker room. They brought in Trace McSorley, their backup quarterback. Well, Trace McSorley gets hurt after third down play. And we go to break. And as we're going to break, Lamar comes trotting out of the locker room like Superman and then comes back and, and leads them to the win. It was a memorable game last year for us. So you talk about all these moments. And as like a sports fan, I mean, these are moments that people live for, whether they're getting to watch it or whether they're there in person. And you get to help it come to life. And I'm sure this is not hard for you anymore because you've been doing it for so long but when you were first getting into being a producer were there times where you had to like watch your emotions because you're at points you're just witnessing greatness or you're witnessing such a huge upset that it's tough to like not react to what's going on you're still like i need to do my job i need to stay focused here it's still hard now i mean when there's a great play you want to get excited like we're still fans of the game so it, it is it is it is hard sometimes but it, it it's, it's okay. We learn to manage it. Yeah, true. I mean, what you talked about, I mean, that's why we love football. That's why we love sports, right? Because you can't script this stuff as much as you do, all, you know, all the work during the week to script as much as you can. But when, when the game clock starts, like it, it's, you, you know, could prepare it's for it all it and could all be goes anything. out the window. And it's unpredictable and it's reality TV at its best and it's live. You can't, you know, you can watch it later, but it's not the same. Um, it's it's truly, I mean, that's just the the best thing about sports is is the unpredictability of it. And you got you know, you and your team try to bring it to life uh, for us. But at the end of the day, you can only control as much as you can control, right? That is extremely well said. That's exactly right. That's what makes that's the fun part of the job. Actually, is is not knowing what's going to happen and then how you handle how, how you handle what happens. Um, that's re that's really fun, Kim. Is that your favorite part of the job, or or what's next to that in terms of what you love most about what you get to do every day? I, I, honestly, it's it, that is a huge part of it. Um, those three hours of of doing the game are the best. Like you know, meetings and zooms and everything else are you know. I mean, who who likes that stuff? But doing the actual <laughs> games a lot of fun and getting the opportunity to meet some really interesting people over the course is, is, is awesome. Who has been at the top of the list for most interesting people you've gotten to work with, gotten to meet, whether that be coaches, players, famous alums. It, there's a lot. I mean, I, when you look at coaches, I was thinking about that. You know, I was, I started at CBS, like I told you, and then I, I moved to ESPN. So at CBS, I was able to work with John Madden wow. and, Mike Ditka and Hank Stram. And then I come over to ESPN and, you know, Bob Knight was working college basketball for us. So I work with Bob. Uh, Hubie Brown on the NBA side is an amazing man who's 87 years old and he's still out there working and calling games. Like, that's incredible. And the, the amount of stories and experience that Hubie has, I've learned a ton from Hubie. I love him. He's the best. Um, you know, and then just meeting coaches. 
you know, around with various sports like college basketball. I, w- I did the, the uh, primetime game for 10 years. So Coach K and, you know, Roy Williams and, and, and you know, all those great Tom Izzo at Michigan State, all those great coaches. And then in the NFL, you know, Bill Belichick, the, he's got all the wins, right? Like he's number one in wins and Andy Reid and, and the great young coaches like Sean and, and Sean McVay and, you know, all these other great guys around the league. And then, and then Maddie, I know you worked at Stanford and in Tennessee, so you know all about women's basketball. Mm-hmm. I was able to produce the women's basketball tournament at ESPN for 15 years. So, you know, women like Pat Summit, mm-hmm. Tara Vanderveer, Don Staley, you know, and then Gina Oriema. Like it, it, it's been really great to meet some of these icons in the coaching industry and and see how they lead and like what what can you take from them and how do you apply it to to our team you know it's it's great yeah i think uh, a lot of people would be like okay my bucket list is checked off if i got to meet like one of those people and you just like listed 20 people so cool it it is amazing blessed yes definitely well phil thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast it was a it was a fun episode to get to learn about how you make it happen here on monday night yeah and we are excited to have monday night football here because one you know we haven't had it for a while our fans deserve it um i say this all the time and, and so does coach you know you earn these these big national games. Um, and so when we get the opportunity to be on a stage, you know, like Monday Night Football, um, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I, I'm going to be nervous, but I'm, I know, right? I'm totally going to enjoy it and appreciate all that you and your team uh, do too. Because we have, you know, we do have some fans like not just in Buffalo, but like across the country. We have a few. <laughs> we have a few, but uh, for bringing the game, uh, bringing the Bills Mafia and, and the whole team yeah. uh, to them. To the world. No, yeah, to no matter where they are. So I think that's the beauty of it. And so just excited to to have that Monday night game. It's going to be a long day, though. I, that's what I don't <laughs> feel. I'm sorry. It's just the waiting game. You can go hang out on oh, the TV truck. Oh, help help them run the go. replay machine. For yeah, you. come on in. We'd love to have you in there. I, all right, I'll be there. Thank, thanks so much for having me. It's 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 been a great opportunity, and we look so forward to coming down and be able to broadcast this this great matchup. So thanks again. All right, thanks, thank Phil. you. All right, take care. All right, see you soon. What a great conversation with Phil. Got to learn a lot. He has met so many people. Like I was saying, usually His people are like, "Oh, I just, I want to meet Bill Belichick, or I want to meet Sean McDermott, or I want to meet Josh Allen." Well, he's gotten to meet them times like a hundred other people and then he can add to the list maddie you and i this weekend (laughs) he can say he can add that to his list of people uh that he's met so i'm looking forward to seeing him in person here uh, on saturday when they get when he gets to town most definitely well we asked our fans uh bill's mafia if they had any questions for us we had uh, an interesting question from anthony he wanted to know what was the most uh unique position Mm. that you have been able to post or the most unique position that we have a part of the Buffalo Bills, the Sabres, PSC. Okay. So not related to like football, like t- a team, like being on, on I think team, it can be related more, to the team too, but, but kind of encompassing anything, because I think as Phil explained how we've seen the world move over the last 10 to 15 years in terms of technology, there's jobs that didn't exist then that exist now because of social media and because of how 
intense sports are looked at with analytics or performance, those sorts yeah. of things. No, you hit it on the head. I think social media for sure is one area. I, I know that, you know, early on when Facebook kind of was the first um, emerging social platform, um, but now we've got, I don't even know how many we have, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat. Um, so I, I do know that, you know, our staff, you know, was was very small in terms of uh, our social media platform, basically, uh, actually with not just Facebook, but I think Twitter was mm -hmm. really when it, it started coming on. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as, as someone, you know, you can only tweet for so long, right? Like, what's the next <laughs> step? Um, so I would say kind of right now we have, uh, Anna um, is our director of social strategy, mm -hmm. social media strategy, content. Yep. Um, and I think that she encompasses all the different platforms, what type of content needs to go in different, you know, there's different content for different platforms, um, the cadence of it. And then now she's getting into the analytics of, of, of mm -hmm. that um, and putting out a strategy overall. So it's not, you know, social platforms are very much in the moment, but she's got to think Plan way for, ahead for the future. Yeah, across all those different, uh, and then and then kind of bring it all together at the same time. Yeah. So not an easy job. Mm -hmm. I don't think one that, you know, we would have normally thought um, would would be a, a position, but, but certainly she has a lot to do. Yeah, shout out to Anna, Zach, and yes. Kelsey. They are really good at their jobs. They're a part of our social team, and we couldn't do it without them because social media is so important now today. Um, couple fun questions for you right. as we're like rounding out the year. I think we can ask them like, what's the best thing you watch? What's the best thing you read? So do you have a favorite book that you've read this year? Favorite book I haven't read that... many books this I'm terrible at reading books. So. I, um, so I, I'm the opposite. I read so many books that I don't remember what books I read. I know that sounds really How weird. How do you have time? So I, well, <laughs> I, I have it on my phone. I have it on my iPad. Like, you know, I have audio. I listen to it at night. I okay. fall asleep. Um, so what is the, my favorite book? You know, actually, I can't remember. It might have been a little bit from last year, but okay. um, Atomic okay. Habits. Atomic What is that Habits. about? It's about how to develop good habits, right? Um, something always trying to better yourself, I think, <laughs> and myself included. Um, that was such a great book because it was very, uh, very doable, very common sense, mm -hmm. um, and some great ideas on developing healthy habits. So I think that was a very useful book that I I like I that. Yeah. As we enter That's the good. new year, I'm sure yeah. we all have a list of things that we want to accomplish to be the best version of ourselves. That's right. And I will loan you the book. Yes, please do. It might take me three years to read, but I will try. Um, what is the best thing that you've watched Watch. this year? That's that's in my realm. I, I'm a TV girl. I too. So I read and watch at the same time. So that's why I don't remember anything that I watch or what I read because I don't really focus. I just, I multitask way too much. But I am going to say, and I know I'm. it's not a cop-out, but I got to say Ted Lasso. Mm. I mean, it, it's just because of, too. I think just because of what we do and I love, you know, being, you know, very much of the eighties, you know, he makes a lot of really <laughs> references to eighties things, whether it's a song or a movie or a character uh, that I, that I just, I, I pick up on right away. Um, some great life lessons. And then like this idea that like, it's it's a fixed you know it's, it's fictional and it's not meant to be like but but there's enough of reality mm -hmm. you're like when you, you can identify like oh yeah like yeah that happens on our team or that happens you know <laughs> there are in some our organizations yeah in that, yeah i mean we don't show. i don't know that we we have it's 
is so as outrageous as as the show is uh, in our organizations, but there's certainly, yeah, a lot of things that So you're, that actually you're telling happen. me that Sean doesn't bring you cookies every single morning when he walks he in the has, office and says, hey boss. Yeah, no, he does not bring me any shortbreads, um, but you know, but I, 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 I bring you them, bring them I cookies. bring them cookies, I know, I know. So, but yeah, it's just, I, it's such a great show, both funny, but actually, you know, some, some life lessons in there. Yeah. So. I love that show. It was my favorite one to watch this year as well. I love a show about sports and I love a show that is, you know, just wholesome, happy content yeah. because the world isn't always happy. So I love when shows make you happy. Um, but coming up Monday night football, Bill's Patriots, it's already starting to make me nervous and not that like I'm nervous because I don't think the bills win. It's just, a, it's a big game. I was nervous for the Thursday game just because they're on a big stage and I want this team to perform well on the big stage because uh, you can get a lot of outside opinions um, from other people who usually don't watch the bills on a Sunday afternoon about what this team is, what they look like. So I just think of it as like a great opportunity to continue to show the world who the Buffalo bills are and what they're about. Yeah. You know, I I'm nervous as, as usual, but I'm nervous for every game. So that's what I'm trying to focus on is this is, another game mm -hmm. and it's another game that you know we we need to win um but that's just like every other game but i know it's not but <laughs> but that's what i'm telling myself this is like uh, every other game but and, and i think i think sometimes we forget um again you know we earn the spot to be here on these national games we talked about yep. that you know this is the most you know, prime time national games we've, mm -hmm. we've had in, in a long time within one season. Um, and that's because I think we, we earned uh, both from our fan base and um, watching and then our team performance. Um, so I, I do like to, to, you know, think about that as we get here, like what got us here yeah. um, in, into a, a Monday night game that's so meaningful, that's going to be watched by millions. Um, so I just, you know, I kind of try to temper, temper that myself, but yes. It's always fun, the fans, because they're celebrating basically tailgating all day, right? Nobody's gonna go to work <laughs> on Tuesday. Yes, yes. So it, it is just Monday night games. It's just fun for our fans. It's fun for our community. Yeah. Um, and it's just uh, being in prime time. We're I'm just gonna, We're here. I'm just gonna soak it We're all doing in. It. We're I'm doing the big things. In, soak it all in, yep. Kim. Yep. Uh, go out and enjoy Bill's Mafia. No, it'll be fun driving into the game, getting to see everybody all already with the tailgate setups. I know it's something that a lot of people had circled on their calendars, on their schedules when this one came out. It was Monday Night Football in December. Yep. Yep. We're in the month where games really matter now. We're I amping up for the playoffs. So one game at a time. Though. Let's do it. I know right. I get ahead of myself <laughs> way too easily. We still have, yeah, yeah. Today's only what friday thursday yeah, thursday thursday yeah. tomorrow's friday saturday plan monday all right well, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna do it for us thanks for listening in to another episode of bill's pod squad uh check out next week's episode because we've got more fun people that are going to be on with us as we make our way throughout the regular season as we start to close out here i guess we can yeah. say week 13 and five yeah. weeks away from the that's end right. of it can't believe it's gone by so fast so you know. thank you everyone thanks see you next week